The medical health information provided during this program is for general information and educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional advice. None of the given information is for the purpose of diagnosis or treatment. Neither does this program serve as approval for any health product or brand. This program aims to enhance your personal health and wellness through the adoption of healthy lifestyles and your prompt presentation to the health professional whenever you suspect that you are ill. For treatment and professional advice, ensure you consult your physician. Welcome to Say Yes to Good Health with Memorial Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole and I invite you to join us as we discuss colon cancer and the importance of colonoscopies. Joining me is Dr. Peter Pearl. That's a fun name to say. He's a general (laughs) surgeon at Memorial Hospital. Dr. Pearl, thank you for joining us. And we're talking about colon cancer and colonoscopies today. I would be honored if you would tell us your story with colon cancer and let the listeners know a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a survivor. I was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2004, living in Mexico, Missouri. A little unusual way of finding out. One day I had some pain in the right lower quadrant. And like any doctor, you don't want to believe that something's wrong with you. <laughs> but eventually, I looked like I had acute appendicitis, and they took it out. And I thought, well, that's it's over with. But what they found was a cancer in the appendix and treated it as if it were a colon cancer because the appendix is part of the colon. Went through treatment with a resection of my right colon and subsequently chemotherapy. I've had multiple endoscopies, colonoscopies. So I feel like I have a first-hand experience of what people are going to go through. And I use that to try to alleviate their fears. Everyone is really fearful about colonoscopy, but it is the best way that we have to find precancerous lesions or early malignancies. And I was really blessed that my appendix kind of flared up and I was able to catch mine early. And I'm a 17-year survivor now, I think. Bless your heart. That's totally awesome that you got it found and you were able to deal with it. And it's just an interesting story. And thank you so much for sharing that. So colonoscopies, I'm a 57 year old woman whose mother had Crohn's and my sister and my brother. So I've been having colonoscopies since I'm 35 years old. So I understand when you say they're not scary. And we're going to talk about those colonoscopies before we do really who's at risk. And also, I'd like you to tell us a little bit of some of the signs and symptoms that might send us to a doctor because Dr. Pearl, I mean, hemorrhoids bleed. So we see blood in the toilet and we go, ah, you know, but really there's a lot of causes for these things and bloating. Every woman gets bloating. So tell us a little bit about risk factors and signs and symptoms when it's something to really pay attention to. Well, general risk factors, you know, you talked about the age of having one. I mean, you came from a family with risk factors. You got started early because of that inflammatory bowel disease in the family. But we recommend that most people start having colonoscopies at age 45, unless there are other symptoms. And you talked about it. If you're bleeding, don't just say that you got hemorrhoids. It probably is, but we want to make sure. I know from a family experience, my wife's cousin had some bleeding and ignored it and she ended up having a rectal cancer that wasn't recognized for a while so don't ignore bleeding let us look into it even if you're 30 years old if you're coming in because you're having some persistent bleeding let us look into it 
pain. We'll work it up. Maybe you'll need a colonoscopy. Maybe you won't. Change in your stool. If for some reason, all of a sudden you start getting, you know, difficulty moving your bowels or having small stool, there may be a narrowing in there. It may be cancer. It may be not. But we want to look into those situations. So those are kind of like you talked about when you're having something happen to you, don't just put it off. I know colonoscopy sounds scary, but don't put it off because you don't want the procedure. Let us look into it. But the other risk factors, obviously, the older you get, the more likely you are to have a colon cancer. So you want to age as a risk factor. Having that family history, the genetics, again, comes into it. Having certain syndromes, we don't see a lot of it, but there are syndromes that make you more susceptible to having colon cancer. African-Americans have a higher risk of having cancer. People that are obese have a higher risk of cancer. Again, diabetes plays into this. Alcohol abuse and tobacco abuse are a problem with developing colon cancers. And then our diet. We tend to eat a lot of red meat, a lot of processed meat, a lot of smoked or barbecued meat. That can also make it a higher risk of developing cancers. That was such a comprehensive answer. Dr. Pearl, thank you so much. Now, as we're talking about colonoscopies, you started to mention when someone should get their first one. Absent of family risk factors, we're talking 50, right? Well, it's actually been reduced down to 45 now. So that's what I was just getting to now because we're hearing different things from the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force. And so now it's down to 45. For our first baseline, then how often afterwards i know it depends on what you find but how often afterwards generally is it five years ten years what are we looking at well so you'll see different societies will have different marks of when they think things to be done i'll give you dr pearl's version i think you have your colonoscopy if we find nothing i think 10 years is too long i think five years is more reasonable anywhere between there, between five and 10. I'd hate to, to wait 10 years and, and find something that maybe I would have found earlier. Now, if you start finding polyps, especially adenomatous polyps, I, I think three years is something, depending on the size of them. Sometimes we'll take a polyp out and it's got dysplasia. It's got abnormal cells. It's not cancer, but it's abnormal. I would say probably need to look at that even earlier, maybe a year. And especially if you got a big polyp that we're not able to clear everything, where the pathology says that there may still be some material there, probably six months needs to look at that. Obviously, and if you find a cancer in a polyp or something deep, we call it carcinoma in situ, where the cancer is there, but it hasn't broken out, those are things that need to be watched and possibly even operated on, depending on the status of the pathology that you take out. Well, I am one of those people. I pushed and shoved my husband to get his first colonoscopy, much to his chagrin, and they found a 2.5 centimeter polyp. So right. our doctor said, you know, you dodged a bullet here. So it's so important, people, to get your colonoscopies and to discuss this with your physician. Let's talk about this procedure, because personally, I think it's a piece of cake. I like to lose a few pounds. And it's just the prep, really, Dr. Pearl, that everyone is so freaked out about is this prep. But those are changing now a little bit. We don't have necessarily the gallon, right? My husband no. got something else this last couple of weeks ago. So what are we looking at with prep? And it's really not that hard, is it? No. I mean, like you said, it's, well, there is 
the prep, everyone's heard the horror stories. The old days, you're drinking a gallon of Go Lightly and you can't get it down. And especially older folks, trying to get them to drink that amount in a short amount of time was difficult. My prep is a clear liquid diet the day before the procedure. And that doesn't just mean water. You can have other things, but you can't have milkshakes or things like that. They're going to be, you know, something that's not clear liquids. Beef broth, yeah, you, you can have uh, jellos, you can have other things. Then, I give a couple of, we call them Ducalox, a couple of laxatives in the mid-afternoon. And then really the prep starts in the evening for my prep. It's 7 o'clock. You take a 12-ounce bottle of magnesium citrate. You can mix it up in Gatorade or something if you want. Get that down, and that's going to stimulate the situation. And then the next day to try to get you as clean as possible because that's the key. I need to be able to see things, and I want you, if you're going to go through this, I want to get a good exam. So we give another bottle of magnesium citrate about four hours before your procedure. So if you're scheduled at 8, you'll have to get up a little early. But if you're one of the later ones in the morning, then you'll have to take it, again, three to four hours beforehand. That really cleans you out well, and now you're ready for the easy part, and that's going for the actual procedure. Which is really a nice nap. And tell us a little bit. I I mean, it is a good nap. And you get the day off work besides which. So just give us a quick brief overview of the procedure. You you put us right into twilight, right? So we don't even know what's going on. Correct. People ask, will I remember? I says, you're not going to remember a thing because anesthesia is going to be monitoring you at this hospital. We give propothol. Everyone thinks of it as Michael Jackson. But it is a great medicine that puts you to sleep in that twilight and that conscious sedation gets you there quickly and you wake up quickly and you don't have the narcotic haze because it's not a narcotic. So it's not like the old days when you got fentanyl or Demerol and Versed and you know, you wake up and you're grog for the day. Now we still don't want you doing a lot of, you know, physical activity or trying to drive machinery, but because you had an anesthetic, it is an anesthetic, but it's one that, that wears off quickly. And as you said, you sleep through, you wake up, you don't remember that you probably even had the procedure. And I bet you've heard people wake up and say, so when are you going to start, Dr. Pearl? Exactly. And you're like, I'm it's already like done. It's really yeah, already done. Here. And then we get lovely pictures, which is always definitely one of my favorite parts, right? So afterwards, then what? You discuss what we found. Just give us one last little brief bit of advice about why you feel it's so important that we get our colonoscopies when it's recommended and then we'll talk about the rest of it in the next part of our show it's just it is the gold standard to try to decrease your risk of getting uh, colon cancer we know that if we find adenomatous polyps or precancerous polyps early we're we're saving you from a problem or we're finding an early cancer. The, the earlier we find an invasive cancer, the better. So it is the best way for us to try to avoid colon cancers and or find something early so that we can treat it as fast as possible. And it's, it is a procedure that's not, it, it's scary, but once you have it, and hopefully over time, we, we can alleviate the fear of people that as they have it nowadays and hopefully have a better experience, maybe the word gets out that it's not that bad. Well, that's what we're doing here, because I'm telling you, listeners, it's not that bad. It's not that scary. It really is such an important, as Dr. Pearl said in his pearls of wisdom, you know, I had to Thank use you. that today, that it is the gold standard. It's actually a preventive 
procedure that we have, a cancer prevention. So get your colonoscopies and to schedule that with Dr. Pearl, you can call 217-357-2173. Dr. Pearl, we talked about your story with colon cancer, which thank you so much for sharing. And we talked about colonoscopies, the importance of getting these colonoscopies. And I was even telling everybody, it's really not that big a deal. However, for some people that are a little more nervous about it, there are other screening tests available. Do you want to speak about the reason why those are just really not as viable options and why it's so important to go to your physician to go see you, Dr. Peter Pearl, for our colonoscopy and not do those at-home kits? Well, those at-home kits are, you know, part of what we deal with every day. People get, they see them advertised. Those tests are not foolproof. Obviously, there are ones that are, we call false negatives. Even if they find one that's positive, you have to go under the colonoscopy. So you've taken some time and probably spent some money on something that if you just had your screening colon, you'd be done with. All those tests, whether it's way up to CT colonoscopy, down to fecal occult blood testing that they do, they may indicate that you need a colonoscopy, and it all goes back to the top of the pyramid. Colonoscopy is what we need to do. There are certain times we need to do it based on your age or your risk factors, but also if we find something, you're going to be in the loop where we're going to be following you closer. We want to get those polyps out as soon as possible before they have a chance to turn into dysplasia or turn into an invasive cancer. So the faster we can do that, the better. And don't ignore your symptoms. You know, those symptoms we talked about, bleeding, uh, abdominal pain, change in your stool, those are things that we need to act on sooner rather than later. 100%. Now, speaking of those at-home kits, insurance in my situation, has always covered colonoscopy. And for many people now, this is considered as the gold standard, this prevention, if it's the routine colonoscopy, is covered by insurance, right? So people should check with their insurance. Absolutely. I mean, it's part of the, a wellness program, like getting your mammogram if you're a woman or getting prostates for men. The insurance companies know that doing preventive measures and finding things earlier are much better than having a, a more advanced disease that's going to cost a lot to treat. So yes, check with your insurance. Most of them will say, yeah, we have a screening procedure and we work with insurance companies all the time to make sure that you're going to be covered. I can't speak to that as much because I'm not on the financial side, but yes, a lot of people come in, what we call for their screening colonoscopy. Uh, they have no other risk factors other than their age, or it's been a period of time since their last one. So we want to keep you in that loop. Your primary care, a lot of times will be saying, oh, it's time for you to get one. They're not going to force you, but they're going to encourage it. And I would encourage you to please come see me. Even if you feel you just don't want to have one, I just, I know I don't want to have one. Let me talk to you. Let me see if I can give you the information. I'm not going to force you either, but I, I want to have a chance to convince you that it's the best thing for you and your family and being healthy. Well, you're such a nice man. I can't imagine that anybody wouldn't want to come see you. So now tell us, what are you finding? What if you find a polyp? I got them. My husband had them. What's a polyp? What do you do with them? Should we be nervous? Well, a polyp is basically a growth on the lining of your colon. They can be hyperplastic, meaning that they're nothing to worry about. It's like having a little scar or, or something that comes off. The adenomatous polyps are the ones that we are trying to get early. 
Those are abnormal growths that can also over time, it doesn't happen overnight, but if you left something there for years, it could continue to grow. It could become dysplastic, meaning abnormal cells, or worse, become a cancer that becomes invasive. And that's what we're trying to get out of there. So we find polyps. Most of those are adenomatous, meaning that they're that kind of precancer. We want to get them early when they're small or take them out. Whatever size they are, we're trying to get them out of there. I go in, people say, are you going to take everything out? I said, I'm going to take everything out that I can get out safely. If I can't do that, I'm going to get a piece of it so that we have a diagnosis of what's going on in there. So that's kind of my rationale when I get in there to take care of patients. There are cancers that we find, and then we have to start the workup from there. But most things that we see are the adenomatous or sometimes hyperplastic. You can't tell the difference when you look at them sometimes. But we're, we want to get those polyps out as fast as we can. We want to keep the patient informed and the family what's going on. And we want to keep you in the system so we don't let you fall off. We want to be able to follow up on that. Even if we get all the polyps out safely, we don't want you to go 10 or 15 years without having another procedure. Well, that certainly is true. And so tell us a little bit about colon cancer. And you have graciously shared your story with being a colon cancer survivor with us today. But what's exciting in this field, some of the new treatments for colon cancer as a general surgeon and someone so knowledgeable in the field, what have you seen is really exciting going on now? Well, the best thing is colonoscopy is really allowing us to find cancer at an earlier stage. It's, you know, the less invasive, the better it is to try to resect that cancer so that we get a, a clear margins and hopefully no nodes to get it as early a stage as possible. Rectal cancers are colon cancers, but they're treated a little bit different as far as being able to get it early, radiate it. We have better chemotherapies to treat people. It's just, it's not like the old days where, you know, you're there may be some sickness associated with chemo, but it's certainly not like the old days where it's more individualized. They're going to work with that patient to give them the therapy and make sure that they tolerate it better than the old days. I think that's the biggest thing to me is finding things earlier and trying to get people cured before they become an advanced stage. And you're right, there's so much going on now. They're looking at targeted therapies and the surgical intervention and so many different personalized medicine ways to go after colon cancer. But as you said, Dr. Pearl, really colonoscopy, this gold standard, this prevention is just such an amazing you know, advantage, advancement in the field that we've got now today. So tell us a little bit more about diet and its role in colon cancer. And when you speak to people about this and, you know, they're coming to you for their colonoscopy, tell them, tell us a little bit about how diet can even help to prevent colon cancer and does it help to prevent polyps too? Well, again, protective measures that you can do are physical activity. Again, we all need to become more active. Um, we need to, to do activity on a routine basis, but the diet trying to have a more high fiber with uh, fruits and vegetables. You know, having protein is good, but you don't want to just have steak and potatoes every day of your life. Having that those fruits and vegetables in good portions every day is very important in keeping your colon healthy. There are some other things you can do with vitamins and even using aspirin that may be 
maybe preventive and colon cancer. But the biggest thing is uh, like activity and your diet, watching, getting away from the high fat and the high, you know, the amount of red meat that you're eating is, is keeping your colon as healthy as possible and getting that colonoscopy to, if there is something there to find it early. And you mentioned fiber just briefly. Does high fiber help to prevent colon cancer? When we're thinking about fibrous foods, some people take fiber supplements. Maybe they don't go to the bathroom quite as often. It's not as easy for them to be regular. Does that help? Does that help to prevent polyps or colon cancer? Yes, it does. And, you know, having a, a regular routine makes people feel better. As, you know, a physician, I've had some resections. I have to monitor my health. I tell people when they're having trouble with their bowels, water is the number one thing. People don't drink enough plain water. You know, coffee, soda, and tea don't count. You have to have, I tell people, four to six glasses of water a day. Eat your high fiber. But it's so easy to go get Metamucil, Citrusil, you know, they come in pills, uh, they come in gummies. Get that fiber in there so that your bowel is on a routine basis going through normally. Things aren't static in there. You're not, you know, having difficulty moving your bowels and having constipation issues. That, I agree 100% that having fiber and drinking water is probably the best thing you can do for your colon health. Your colon is going to withdraw water out of things, and if you don't drink enough, I tell people it's going to do its job, and you're going to end up with hard constipation because the stool's just not going to move through. So most people, I don't think you need to have necessarily uh, prescription medicines. I don't think that you want to do laxatives all the time because that's not good for your colon. Just the water and the fiber are the two of the best things you can do. Yeah, because nobody wants to be constipated anyway. It's so uncomfortable. That's we right. just have a minute left. Dr. Pearl, your best advice for preventing colon cancer, the importance of a colonoscopy. All things we talked about, exercise, diet, but that colonoscopy, depending on your risk factors, you may even be earlier like yourself because of your family history, but don't put it off, you know, get it started, get that colonoscopy. Most of the time it's going to be negative. So you're going to be good for years to go unless you have symptoms. I always say, don't put off the fact that maybe you had a colonoscopy, it was negative, And now, you know, three years later, you're having some bleeding. Don't let that go. Don't let symptoms go, but get that first screening colonoscopy so that you can get the routine going. Great information. What an informative show this was. Dr. Pearl, thank you for joining us and sharing your story and your incredible expertise with us today. To schedule a colonoscopy with Dr. Pearl, please call 217-357-2173. That's 217-357-2173. That concludes this episode of Say Yes to Good Health with Memorial Hospital. For more health tips, you can always go to our website at MH tlc.org to get connected with one of our providers please get your colonoscopies speak to your physician make your appointment with dr pearl it could save your life and if you have a loved one and it's their turn help them get this going because you know it worked for me with my husband and it will work for you too just really an important message i'm melanie cole thanks so much for listening The medical health information provided during this program is for general information and educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional advice.
None of the given information is for the purpose of diagnosis or treatment. Neither does this program serve as approval for any health product or brand. This program aims to enhance your personal health and wellness through the adoption of healthy lifestyles and your prompt presentation to the health professional whenever you suspect that you are ill. For treatment and professional advice, ensure you consult your physician.